is the e-commerce coffee break the podcast dedicated to shopify store owners who want to optimize their business for maximum conversions and revenue each week you're going to get actionable advice and hear from special guests talking about various topics on how to run a profitable business on shopify learn how to survive in the fast-changing e-commerce world with your host klaus lauter and get e-commerce insights you can't google welcome to the show and we are live hello and welcome to another episode of the e-commerce coffee break today i have kevin ryder with me kevin is the founder and ceo of a e-commerce brand called MS Best Pet Products and started his own podcast years ago. So there's a lot of similarities between me and Kevin. And what we're going to talk about is his upcoming book, Always Wear Pants, which you already can pre-order on his website, alwayswearpants.com. So it should be an interesting topic. Hey, Kevin, how are you today? Klaus, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Now, Kevin, obviously, um, we're, we're talking about a topic that probably um, affects a lot of people, especially um, with the situation that we had last year coming with the pandemic. It's like working from home, becoming location independent. I think that's something that a lot of people um, strive for, to become location independent, to become a digital nomad, to get out of the corporate world. But it comes with a couple of downsides as well. And I think a lot of people are not aware of it. Maybe as a start, give me a bit of a, of a background in your own words, where you're coming from, a bit of, of your story. Yeah, Klaus, great question. For me, my first opportunity to work uh, location independent, as you said, was actually before I became my own boss and started into my journey in e-commerce. It was actually my last job in corporate America, and I thought I had won the lottery. I remember getting the offer. It was more money than I had ever made, and they were going to allow me to work remotely. I just needed to travel to the home base a few times a month for meetings and, and whatnot. And so immediately I envisioned, you know, lounging around in my robe, closing sales calls while I was at home with my favorite TV show muted in the background. So the, you're right, the allure of working remotely uh, is appealing to a lot of people. And it, it is like winning the lottery until it's not, until you see and experience some of the pit, pitfalls And so for me, uh, those included working more than I did when I had to go into the office. You know, it's so easy to respond to that email just before bedtime or to wake up extra early to get a jump start on the day when your commute is 10 steps instead of 10 miles. And so uh, another pitfall was the loneliness. And I consider myself somewhat of an introvert. So you wouldn't think that I would, I would be lonely working remotely. But this is something so many of us have experienced, as you said, over the last 18 months. And it's, it's the human connection that's missing from being around people when we're working. And if we're not intentional about replacing that, it, it can really affect us. Very, very true. I think um, it's um, something that people do not really have on the page when they're thinking about it. I mean, obviously, in the last years, especially the digital nomad lifestyle became very fashionable. And I must say, I'm working since 2008, location independent, so for a very long time. And from 2017, um, for three and a half years, I was traveling around the world. So I always jokingly say every coffee store is my office, which is basically the truth. So yes. I was working for three and a half years, uh, my, my business from coffee stores. And um, I think the the, the biggest um, 
point or a couple of points, and I want to hear your opinion on that, is like, how do people or how did you self-motivate you to either not um, become too lazy or just to work too much, which I think is the other extreme that people never stop working. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's such a great point, Klaus, and and they are two ends of of the spectrum, two opposite ends, and equally as damaging, right? It's easy to say, okay, well, my biggest fear is I won't have the motivation to get enough done. But uh, what I find in talking with with other people, especially entrepreneurs, especially those of us that are self-employed, working from home, is that it's easier to actually overwork. So a t one tip each for each end of the spectrum. There, first. By far, when I talk to people who have worked remotely for years, their number one tip is to get up every day and act as if you are going into the office. So whatever that routine is, if that means taking a shower and putting real clothes on instead of whatever you are sleeping in or, or whatever you just walked in from, uh, from the gym, Uh, and is important, you know, a breakfast routine, making sure that you're getting the nutrition you need. And then spending some time in the morning doing something besides just waking up, getting out of bed and, and working. If that's meditating, if that's exercise, whatever that is for you, reading for pleasure, spending some time to let your brain wake up before you dive in. And I find that people who treat working remotely the same in terms of their morning routine as if they were going into the office really, really find success. On the opposite side, uh, overwork is real. Uh, most of us have experienced that uh, when we work remote uh, location independently. And the biggest tip there is to have a consistent start and end time, Klaus. And so each day when I get up, I know what time I'm starting work and I know what time I'm anticipating ending my day. And the benefit of, of working for yourself, of course, is that you have a lot of flexibility and freedom and you don't want to take that away. So think of this schedule or this start time and end time as more of a suggestion or a goal as opposed to something that's etched in stone. Of course, your boss or the HR manager is not going to be yelling at you if you end the day a little bit early, but it can help to hold yourself accountable Uh, it can help to be productive throughout your day to know that at three o'clock or four o'clock or five o'clock, your day is ending and try as best you can to stick to that end time. It will prevent burnout and overwork. And if you have other people in your household, whether they be a, a spouse or partner or children, they'll appreciate that too, because you're, you're more present and, and able to interact with them after your workday has ended. Yeah, makes total sense. I think um, it's also important to find out what your own kind of biorhythm is. So when are you actually the best of yourself or your best yourself? For me, for instance, I work very well in the morning and in the evening. Midday, I'm pretty much useless. So um, obviously other people are very good only in the morning or only at night. Now, obviously you have different scenarios there. If you're working location independent, but you're still sort of part of a um, corporate environment, Most of these people have to stick to a much more stricter regimen when it comes to working hours. Now, obviously, if you're self-employed and entrepreneur, um, it's, it's completely or most likely um, relatively flexible when it comes to working hours. So how do you deal with that? Um, is that something that you experience to find your own rhythm? It's such a it's such an important point, Klaus. I'm glad you brought it up because we we do each have our own biorhythm, as you said, and, and some people are morning people. I was not a morning person and, until one of my jobs in college was hosting a, a radio program in the morning. And so I would wake up at 
at two o'clock to get ready to go on the air at, at five o'clock. And I became a morning person with a, with a lot of help from coffee very quickly, <laughs> right? But it's not my natural state of being. Uh, likewise, I've, I've had periods of my life where I've been somewhat of a night owl. And still to this day, sometimes I will get a lot of creative energy late at night or really early in the morning. And, but what I do is I treat those as kind of one-offs. Uh, there are times, a few times a year, I'll crawl out of bed at two o'clock in the morning and head to the office because I feel that creative energy flowing. But similar to you, but a little bit different, I'm most productive in the middle of the day. So I schedule my important meetings. I schedule our, our all-hands team meetings. I schedule really important things where I want to be at the top of my game in the middle portion of my day from about 10 a.m., until about 2 p.m. Uh, and I, I leave the other times for, for personal things, uh, to spend time with family or to work on projects where I may not need to be at my best, paying bills or you know responding to emails, things of that nature. So I think for those listening to us, what's really important, as you said, if you have that flexibility and, and many listening will, is, is to keep a journal and think about the times of day where you feel the best, where you feel that you are most productive, most awake, most engaged, uh, most excited about doing the work that is ahead of you. And uh, pay attention to that and, and start to make small changes to your schedule. That could be your start time and end time. That could simply be when you schedule meetings or when you plan to complete certain tasks. How do you... Set, um, built up or how do you set up your work environment? I think that's the most um, crucial thing for a lot of people is that do you work from your living room? Do you work from your bedroom? Or do you go and go for a coffee shop or I don't know, maybe even a co-working space or something? What, what's your take on that? What's, what's the best environment? Yeah, it's so important to have a workspace that is conducive to the work that you're doing, to the lifestyle and to the people that you may be around. Last year, when COVID became, you know, uh, a thing and, and millions of people around the globe found themselves working remotely for the first time, I laughed and then cried when I saw the pictures on social media of so many home office setups, even from good friends of mine uh, who, you know, would post pictures of them, you know, basically lounging on an easy chair in the living room with the TV tray in front of them and their laptop on and the, and the TV in the background. It reminded me of the excitement I had when I, I first started working from home. But the reality is that's not the best situation. By far, one of the more important aspects in getting the most out of the experience of working remotely is to have a dedicated workplace. And it's always best if that can be an independent room or a room that is, is you can close off. Uh, I like to say a room with a door that closes to eliminate distractions, but you can make do. Uh, many people may live in a flat or may share you know, a small apartment with a family or may live in an area where housing is, is limited. And, and you know, so you can make do, um, even if that is you know, the corner of a dining room table, make that your space for the time that you're working. And that means making sure that you have a proper chair that supports you, making sure you have enough lighting, making sure that you have all of the tools at your disposal that you need. And that may just be a laptop and a pad of paper or a cell phone, but taking the time to be intentional about your setup is so important. And like you, I love working from coffee shops. And when I have traveled around the world, I have often found myself 
working from a coffee shop or a hotel lounge or recording a podcast in the closet of my hotel room. I've done all kinds of crazy things. So the important thing is not, it doesn't have to be perfect, but using your environment and using the tools at your disposal, be intentional and take the time to set up a workspace that works for you. Mm-hmm. No, 100% right. Now, your upcoming book is called Obviously Always Wear Pants, which I love the title, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's a <laughs> sort of sums up the, the whole situation. Now, we in e-commerce are a little bit spoiled because a lot of people of e-commerce can work online or work online and can work location independent. Obviously, under other industries might be become a bit more difficult depending on what they do. Two questions there. What brought you up to the idea to, to write a book around this? And second, who would be the perfect reader for your book? Yeah, thanks, Klaus. You know, I got the idea for the book in the early days of the pandemic, uh, seeing stories and photos and videos online and hearing from friends and family who found themselves working from home for the first time. And it took me right back to that day 10 years ago or so where I began working remotely And I saw them making the same mistakes. I saw them dealing with the same joys and, and free, newfound freedoms, but also the same pitfalls and setbacks and distractions. And I thought there's something that we can do here. There's something that those of us that have done this for a while now and have made those mistakes and have celebrated those successes can do to share with the rest of the world. And I'm kind of a, a smart aleck in terms of personality. I like to have fun and I I have a, 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 a sense of humor that can kind of be dry and sarcastic. And so I thought, let's make it a, a bit funny. If we were going to give one tip to people who found themselves working remotely, what would that be? And of course, it has to be always wear pants. Um, everything else is kind of, you know, built upon the premise that you can show up to the virtual world and, and sit on a, a video meeting without becoming one of those funny stories or those funny pictures or videos that we've all seen. Uh, and so that, that's the premise behind the book. It's a, it's a short read. It's a hundred uh, short chapters, each chapter with a tip. And so the great thing, Klaus, is that whether someone is a veteran like you are and has been working location independently for many years, or whether you're like uh, many friends of mine still working in corporate America that now find themselves working remotely Uh, there's something in this for you. And we talk about more than just the tactical things. We, we go in depth on what I view is, is one of the more important things, regardless of how you work, which is the mindset that you bring to it and the, the focus and, and how it makes you feel to do the work that you do. So I hope that, that people will check it out. I hope that there's something in it for them. Okay, cool. Would you mind sharing one golden nugget from the book beside of wearing pants? Yeah, besides, besides the obvious, wearing pants, right? Well, one golden nugget, uh, I have to say, is, uh, is the benefit of having a pet in your workspace. I'm a big dog person being a, a founder of an e-commerce uh, pet products brand. And uh, I'm a big believer in having an office companion. It's one of the benefits of working remotely. If you do have pets, they're welcome in the office. Uh, my Labrador is snoozing on the chair behind me right now. It's her mid-morning nap. And hey, if you're not a pet person, they have pet rocks and plants too. And, and those can make a great companion as well. 
Great tip. I was a dog owner for 11 years. Um, sadly, I passed away and with old age. Um, but again, a pet also has, as I said, a big benefit because they pull you away from the desk. I mean, even they need to go out for a pee or something like that. Yes. And they have their own rhythm. So it helps you not sticking to the computer for 18 hours a day. So that's, that's really a great tip if you can afford or if you can have a pet, depending on where you live. Where can people find out more about you, Kevin? Yeah, so you can go to my personal website, which is Kevin Riser, R-I-Z-E-R.work. Uh, the website for the book is alwayswearpants.com. And the book is available for pre-order now on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and will be out in September. Okay, that's very soon. Obviously, I will put the links in the show notes so everyone can check it out and hopefully pre-order your book. I definitely will. I can already tell you. I'm quite curious um, about the other golden nuggets and um, stories you have. So thanks, Kevin, for your time. Uh, it was great to chat to you. And I wish you all the best with the upcoming book launch. Klaus, thank you so much. The pleasure was mine. Take care, my friend. Hey, Klaus here. If you're a Shopify store owner and you're feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and not sure what to do next to grow your business, you struggle to convert traffic into sales or turn website visitors into buyers, and you want to like have direct access to a mentor who can assist you with your store, strategy, offer, marketing, sales, and anything else you need, then I would like to invite you to apply for my Get Conversions program, where I show you how to remove the guesswork out of growing your Shopify business and create clarity to optimize your business for maximal growth and profit. It's a application-only program. To apply, go to my website klauslauter.com to learn more. And finally, please do not forget to subscribe, like, and comment. And I would be grateful if you would leave a quick, honest rating and review over at Apple iTunes. It's a huge help and allows me to reach more people with the podcast. Thanks in advance and until next time at the e-commerce coffee break.